0: (laughs) Welcome to the Purple Political Breakdown. Do you want a great website like this? This is my podcast website, where I direct the audience to come to watch the content, listen to the content, read the blogs, and much, much more. If you want to have your own customizable podcast website, then join my affiliate link in my description to sign up for something called PodPage, and they can help you customize an easy podcast website for your personal podcast. Sign up to get a discount now. Again, use the link in my description to join PodPage now.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back at it again, episode number 53. If you're wondering why episode number 52 dropped before episode number 51... It's because I had to get that debate panel analysis out as soon as possible uh, so it's, every, it's fresh in everybody's mind so you guys can hear you know, some uh, great opinions from a neutral party and, on the debate panel. We'll talk about it a little bit more because we got a fellow conservative here, uh, so he's going to give his opinions regarding everything, and uh, it should be a good conversation. But with that said, we're going to talk about the debate panel a little bit. We're going to talk about um, the conversation main topic of the day in terms of election, different election systems you may find interesting. And I do want to say that moving forward, um, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com. You could also go to the Patreon, sign up for a dollar tier to join the Discord where I'm going to start having it where people on Mondays when I do my episodes, people can join in in the conversation. So if you want to be part of that to prove anybody here that's on my episodes wrong or right, feel free to join. A lot of y'all are opinionated, so I'm sure you'll be finding those conversations interesting. Or you can email for an exclusive episode with me, of course, on Thursdays, where we do our more 1v1 interview discussion-based episodes, of course. With that said, Jonathan, how you been, my guy?
2: I have been doing spectacular, actually. It's been a good week. Um, yeah. So, how have you been? And
1: I'm in. Mean, uh, I'm doing well, doing well. Um uh, some unfortunate news for the people who are listening, Paul may not be on the on the episode on the show uh, for a while, don't even know if he's coming back necessarily unless he's free. He got a new job, he's a busy man, so the hours just don't work, but I'm sure Paul will return to that show one of these days in the future. So if all of any of y'all are Paul fans, in due time, in due time. So that's uh, some somber news, but of course we move on the podcast, we still have a lot of great things planned, Um, you can check us out on Roku.tv of course, and some other interesting things in the future we got set up, so you know, some news, some news of course, Uh, I guess to start off, I don't got comments or reviews, I will say if you comment or leave a review I may shout it out for uh, next episode, But some what you need to know, things that are going on, things that I wrote down. We got uh, Senator Robert Menendez and his wife indicted Mm -hmm. for corruption. Um, Mm -hmm. The investigation going on. Robert says, hey, y'all not going to find anything. So we'll see what happens. We got the United.
2: Because you can.
1: Oh, no, you got to finish it. Yeah.
2: Because you can always just go ahead and uh, cash out gold bars at the bank. That's one of the options. At least at my ATM, you can select five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, uh, or just gold bars.
1: Oh, thanks, man. You know, it's uh, it's just savings. Those are just his savings. Yeah. Just leaves in this just
2: home. savings. Just yeah, just savings.
1: Yeah. So, hey, man, we'll see. Uh, United Auto Workers expand strike at um, GM and Stellantis. Uh I forget what GM meant, but the auto strike continues. US officials say intelligence from five I nations helped link India to the killing of Hardeep Singh Najir on Canadian soil. And this is big because there might be a fallout between India and Canada. The Writers Guild of America strike, I believe, ended, right? Mm-hmm. ended yep okay yep. i i haven't read the the details in regards to what I don't they got know if
2: the writers i'm pretty sure the writers did i don't know if the actors did
1: oh okay okay so we'll so, we'll see what goes strikes on with that. going on true so true
2: the writers act is done so finally after however many months um finally we can once again watch Stephen colbert and uh jimmy kimmel because I've really been missing their content a whole lot.
1: Oh whole yeah, lot. that's what that's what people were waiting for, of course. Oh, yeah. Uh with that said, Trump was found guilty of fraud in one of the civil suits. He got a lot of uh, you know, charges on him, so one of them he found guilty. Mm-hmm. So it was uh Hunter Biden sues Rudy Giuliani for allegedly tampering Giuliani. with Giuliani for allegedly tampering with and sharing his private digital date from r- retrieved hard drive and lastly Dwayne Kef D David arrested and charged with murder with the use of a deadly weapon against Tupac And then the man was found so a lot of stuff Tupac of was murdered oh yeah you
2: didn't know that I didn't know that oh, I don't okay. know that I've ever listened to a Tupac song
1: hey man you gotta get with the culture You just blast them Yeah. just blast yeah, it go, go blast. crazy you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but a lot of things going on, of course. Um, I guess the first thing we want to touch, I, the most interesting news, I'm sure, for some people, is the most g- recent GOPA, GOP debate panel.
0: Are you enjoying today's podcast episode? I really hope you do. And I really hope you enjoy the fact that I have an amazing guest talking with me and having this great discussion. If you, as an individual, personally have your own podcast, and maybe you want to have great guests on your podcast as well, well, I got a deal for you. In my description, there is a link to something called Podmatch. Make sure to join that link through my affiliate link so you can sign up to get matched up with other podcast hosts and podcast guests so you make sure you are never missing an episode without a productive guest To have an amazing conversation with Pod Match is similar to any other kind of matching site for the most part, and it's super easy. You just six dollars a month, and you can have a guest for each and every podcast episode that is tailored to your specific topic. So, again, join the link in my description and join Pod Match now.
1: Now, ladies and gentlemen, you already heard my full analysis and thoughts on the entire panel. And funny enough, my top two candidates seems like if you're seems like the the somewhat consensus in terms of how they performed, at the very least Ben Shapiro agreed with me when it came to Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley performing the best. But with that said, let's go through some of the candidates from our fellow <laughs> conservative Jonathan. Let's hear his thoughts on each one Obviously,
2: of Obviously the winner of that debate, one hundred percent. Was Doug Burgum. The man was just dropping truth bombs left and right. Um uh in all seriousness, I actually didn't think he did bad. I thought they all did really great, except for Chris Christie. And like the first ten minutes, they were all doing pretty good. Even Tim Scott was like being real vocal. He was he was spouting off. After a well, while, he just let's go desperate.
1: Let's go one by one because there's a lot of things you one. just okay. said. That I actually agree with, but let's start off with Doug Burgum because okay, Doug I think Ruben. me, me, and you both agree he's not going to be there for the next debate panel. So probably
2: not, unfortunately. unfortunately. Eyebrows, you will be missed. You will be missed. Um, yeah, he did. I thought he did pretty good. He had a couple of questions laid up to him, uh, which were, and he just knocked them out of the park. Um, so yeah, he did pretty good on a couple of them. And other ones, it's just like I don't care what you have to say about that. Um, but overall, I think he did much better than last time.
1: Um, what was blatantly obvious to me for for the and I've already said this before, but they did not give him a lot of chances to speak. Like he was trying to speak. Well, yeah, it's
2: because he's at like one percent in the polls. So
1: I mean, I get that, but I don't. I don't. I don't think that's. That's uh, warranted. I don't really care about what your percentage is. They're all here. They all should have a right to speak for a decent level of time. There was, like, time where Bargain was not even speaking, especially at the very least when they were doing the energy, uh, questions regarding energy and U.S. energy and being a main exporter. That's, like, his thing. That's, like, everything he knows about. And they didn't even ask him a mm-hmm. single question regarding it. I'm like, yeah. that that's terrible because that's what he – that's what he thrives on the most. Um, he said, I think he said South, either South or North Dakota. I forget which one he's in charge of. I think it's South.
2: North Dakota, I think.
1: It's one of them. One of them. Anyway, he keeps on saying that that state is the number one in terms of energy exports um, and oil, mm-hmm. of course. So the fact that he doesn't get to say anything, it's kind of crazy to me. I don't know why. It's kind yeah, of crazy to me.
2: yeah. I, agree. I can agree to that. Um, I thought the moderators did a lot better this time all things considered, but they could have, I, I think you're right in so far that they could have divvied out questions a little bit better. Um, yeah.
1: I agree. So with that said, Burgum ended up, um, I don't think he performed the worst, but I think he's most likely due to getting eliminated, especially since I don't think he had a lot of speaking time as well. Um, with that said, let's go to the next candidate, which I thought did, in my opinion, what, there's two candidates blaringly obvious to me that did the worst. And in my opinion, that is first person we want to talk about that you already mentioned, Chris Christie. Then, Chris Chris- so, so what are, what are you? What are your thoughts about Chris Christie?
2: Chris Christie, I couldn't hear what he was saying because he was breathing so hard into the microphone. And I thought mm. he was going to crush his podium. But um, uh, yeah, no, he didn't say anything the whole night. His hey, you can just tell Chris Christie's only goal was to just try to drop in his zingers. And so he tried to do that as often, but none of them stood up. I thought he did a g- great job. His the peak of his campaign will will be forever when he called Vivek Chat GPT. Like that was he peaked at his campaign right then. Um and, and it's just downhill. I don't think I know I don't know if he'll be here for the next debate either.
1: I don't know how it works. I don't know how much people they eliminate. If they eliminate more than one? Well, I mean, it all depends on it
2: all depends on if they drop out of the race. I oh, think.
1: true. True, that's true. Cuz they well. didn't
2: eliminate Ace Hutchinson. Ace Hutchinson just dropped out. Oh, I didn't
1: know that. As okay. I,
2: as I understand, I'm pretty sure he dropped out. But I don't know if they uninvite people cuz as long as you continue to meet all the metrics for their um all their polling requirements then you can come to the debates
1: i'm surprised larry elder wasn't here this time he made that whole fuss i don't think first i
2: still don't think i still don't think he's making the metrics unfortunately i would um, love to see larry elder up there it
1: would be it would be interesting but with that said chris christie i agree like he was just zingers and he was just attack donald trump every chance i get and like yeah. i'm not a fan of donald trump either but like that can't be your whole talking point. Just attacking Donald Trump. You gotta say something, yeah. right? You gotta say something. So yeah, Chris Christie. With substance. Yeah, but the Donald. A uh, Donald Duck. Hey man, I kind of like that line. You know? It was, No, it, no, it,
2: that was horrible. He was laying was it
1: up, bro. It's like, "Hey man, he's not here. He's never no, here. He doesn't want to so get challenged."
2: So cringe. It was. So, it was like I think it was Ben Shapiro who said it. Um, but it's like that. That watching that last debate was like watching the original season of The Office, like the first American season, where it was just all cringe level a thousand. That was that was that whole debate.
1: I gave him a point for it. Hey, I got you. I got you, Christy. I gave you a point for it. I kind of liked it. Um, no, but yeah. Overall, he didn't have much. The other person that I don't think um, did very well, in my opinion, was Mike Pence. I don't think he answered any question that was asked him. Like he never no. answered us, especially the glare one. And then I'm gonna hear your thoughts. the The adamant refusal to address that DACA question was so
2: obvious. The DACA question.
1: Yes. So when they were talking about immigration, and the Latina moderator was asking Mike Pence, "Okay, you know, you want we want to slow down immigration, but what about the people in the country?" Who are part of DACA, so they're like first generation immigrants mm. that are kids, and they're part of the DACA program that Mike Pence and Donald Trump wants to get rid of, to kind of you know help them adapt to society being kids, first generation immigrants, right?
2: Huh. And I don't remember that.
1: Yeah, she asked him, okay, if you're getting rid of DACA, what is your other solution with for the Dreamers, for the kids? He did not mm. even touch the question.
2: Really? I remember what stood out to me that was real bad for him was when he kind of redirected about the Obamacare and then just said some other nonsense. And then uh, the the I think it was Dana came back and said, well, then is Obamacare here to stay? And they just like, because he had totally tried to shuffle the question away. And that's what I remember. One of his big blunders was.
1: Yeah, I remember that too, where he just didn't answer the Obamacare question either. Um, yeah. It was so obvious that he, he tried to do this thing where he was trying to, you know, appeal to the people. Cause he did that again with the LGBTQ uh, question as well. When they asked him about LGBTQ and like being, you know, violent, committed on them, he didn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. He said, Oh yeah, I I'm here for all the people. I'm like, Bro, answer the question.
2: Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like just a soft answer. It's not like a real substantive answer. But I would say he didn't dodge that question entirely. He just gave the skate-by yeah. answer. That's just typical. Typical.
1: Yeah, Mike Pence got super low points. Considering I don't know.
2: He I don't that. know if he'll, Like, we all know. Everybody knows that Mike Pence is, is pretty much just there to, to save face into... Um, what's the term? to secure to solidify his record you know because if he hadn't run again after everything in 2020 when he wouldn't certify the election he's pretty much just there to kind of save his reputation
1: yeah i'm not i'm not mad at that um okay so with that said let's go to the other person which i do agree was kind of you know salvaging for attention and i did i was surprised that he was the fourth most popular i was confident on the top three but I was surprised Tim Scott was the fourth most popular candidate. And with that said, Tim Scott, I agree, started out very strong early on. But once he kept on saying, can you guys see me? Like, are you going to let me talk? Like, he got very desperate. Yeah, very desperate. Yeah, he just
2: looked de- He just looked desperate. Um, that That's what I could say. I don't think he had very many substantive answers at all. Um, I think he's trying to... You know he's sticking to his presupposition, but I just think it's a presupposition that's an error that he keeps saying like America's not in decline. It's like yeah, it is. Like he keeps going back to that talking point that he thinks America is not in decline, Um and that didn't that didn't make sense. The other thing that I, I totally understood his sentiment, but it was it just seemed I don't know it just seemed a little bit backwards when he gave his testimony like that. He got discriminated against but america's not racist um i don't think america's racist either but i it was to me it was just a little bit of conflicting messaging like on one hand you're going to say that america is racist because it was racist to you but then america's not racist like you should have i think you should have made a loop or somehow made like a bridge to between those two statements but unfortunately you don't really have much time to do that in this kind of debate thing. Cause they had what one minute to answer the questions and 30 seconds to respond if they have to, but,
1: and a lot of candidates on the panel, besides in my opinion, DeSantis and Nikki, and sometimes Vivek is like, they bluster a little too much and they don't get to the point. So they, 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 yeah. they that's a well They problem. all
2: go over, they all go over,
1: but, but sometimes like, like you can cut out like for Tim Scott, he can cut out all that, you know, um, all the rhetoric regarding, you know, America being great and all that. Like, we know all this, right? We know all that. It could just get straight to the point. Yeah. And, and, and
2: I don't want people... Oh, go ahead.
1: I do. I will say this. I see what he was trying to do in terms of appealing to the black Republicans, which is smart. Mm-hmm. Very smart strategy, mm-hmm. of course. Yes. Um, yes. But the glaring thing, well, the positive, is I think his answer regarding... Um, the Ukraine Russia stuff regarding foreign policy and the budget, which was smart when he uh addressed Vivek in that situation. But the the big glaring thing which, you know, Tim Scott definitely did not do well, is which surprised me they did this, is when they put him up against Nikki Haley. Once that happened, I feel like he got completely destroyed. First, he started kind of he was a little generous with Nikki. He was like Talking about their their relationship a little bit, and then Nikki got the mic. Is like, you know, we knew each other for a long time. You've been at it for like what I think she had ten years, and you didn't do any of that. And then he tried mm-hmm. to bounce back, and he failed. He failed completely. Yeah. So that was yeah. I dream.
2: I uh, yeah. That I remember that. Uh, I loved my favorite part was just when Vivek and Nikki were just going at it, and you could tell that Nikki just dislikes like on a personal level vivek i just loved that that was hilarious to me the that yeah it was funny because they all started out like pretty cordial at the beginning like even in the last debate they were cordial but then they immediately stopped liking vivek because he just kept calling him out and just making yeah he started it basis basis accusations (laughs) but but funny entertaining to watch and this time it was it was interesting to see he toned it way back but everybody was still bringing up the last debate when it came to vivek so i thought that was an interesting dynamic um but yeah back to tim scott yeah tim scott had no recourse he's got i he's just i think one of the issues especially going back to my previous comment about i'm not sure that yeah well i'll leave that for another time maybe but yeah, I don't think he didn't he he started out okay, but after after a while um is just you were he was just there and he was just like the little chitsu that's dipping at your heels to try to get some attention.
1: Yeah, I got a uh, bad for him. But I guess well, it's time to move on to the next person and that is Vivek. Um I'll be honest, I was surprised when he came when he said Tone it down, I was like, "Okay, he's like he said, mm-hmm. I'm trying to unify the uh, populist versus uh, the other yeah. version. I forget what he said. And he's trying to be a little bit more peaceful. And I'm like, I agree with the sentiment. But at the same time, you can't be doing all that. When last debate, you were coming at everybody. And that now, uh, everybody was... That's something I
2: disagree with, but...
1: Well, the problem with that is if he kind of recounted, say... Last time I was like going too far, you know, let's unify a little better. Then I'll be with you. But all these other panelists already have like he's our enemy right now. Cause he the what yeah, he mean, was they're calling all us. Each other's enemies. Well, Vivek was definitely prime. Everybody was coming at Vivek for sure. Yeah, sure. Um Yeah, because uh, but he because put himself invi- in that situation.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, for sure. He did like kind of like a I don't know if I'd call it like a well, yeah, pretty much like a 180 turn when it came to some things. Um, but, you know, I have no problem if you're changing up your political strategy. You know, he's obviously paying attention to the polls, seeing uh, I don't necessarily think that the last debate hurt him. I think um, he's just trying to mellow out a little bit. Um, I, I can't say why, but what I can say is he's a very shrewd politician. Um I think I heard something that I kind of agree with. Um, Vivek is almost too smart. He's almost too smart. And this is why that chat GPT accusation landed, because he's super smart. You know, he was top of his class, Yale Law School. He was all like has all the academic awards and he shows every single bit of it. And so when he talks, you know, he's saying so many big words and he's sounding so smart. And then he's dresses the way he dresses and he looks the way he looks. And he he has the cadence that he has. And it just comes off as smarmy politician. And, you know, I like the things that he says, because I agree with the things that he says. There's two issues, though. One, most people, he kind of goes over their head, sounds too smart, seems like a politician. And so they associate like kind of dirty politician. And the other issue is unfortunately he just has zero record to back anything that he says up with, right? Because he makes these very bold big statements and he supplies his his method of how he would do it, but he doesn't we don't know if he would genuinely do it or not.
1: So personally, I'm gonna be honest, I don't really agree. I don't think Vivek is showcasing that he's that smart. I think a lot of the things regarding Vivek is the, the, the populism rhetoric that he toned down for this, but it's still there obviously. I think for the most part, when it came to Vivek, especially in this uh t- this panel, I would say he didn't like like da- get damaged much, probably, maybe. I don't know. I'm still I'm still thinking about that. Because I did still have him as the third best performer. So I think he still mm-hmm. performed third best in my opinion. Um the yes, only thing Rios
2: re- just really did bad, but
1: also true i did say i did think that he said some good things uh especially when he talked about the unions i thought he those what he said regarding the unions <laughs> i agreed with yeah um yep well what he said about natural born immigrant immigrants being citizens i completely disagree with i think that was mm-hmm. a terrible thing to say personally um so there's i don't even know how he plans to even get that passed in the united states that's ridiculous
2: yeah so, i i you know, it's unpopular, but I don't entirely disagree with his stance on that. I'm not saying that it would be the most efficacious uh, for elections or anything like that. But there is, a, you know, we, we had J.J. Carell on and he really laid out like immigration on all levels is, you know, illegal immigration. um, But all immigration at some point needs to kind of slow down drastically because we are having an assimilation problem. And it is tearing across uh, or tearing apart uh, our country um, because there's people who are in America that don't pride in the don't take pride in the American culture, and that's an issue. And we'll have to do something about that at some point. Um, The natural born citizenship thing, uh, I think, it's certainly a a bold stance. Um, But if you follow the logic of his. If you follow the, his make a logical conclusion from his arguments, it does make sense, you know, because he said that he wants to keep families together. So instead of giving the children national or national born citizenship, uh, you send them back with the families. And that that seems like based on his stances, that it's a logically coherent argument. It is whether or not you um, like the argument is another thing.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a logically co- coherent argument. The, the aspect. OK, why wouldn't there-
2: why wouldn't that be logical, though?
1: Because if it's an illegal immigrant and he's in the process of giving his immigration status, and the kid is born, what is the expectation for that kid to also get their immigration status?
2: Yeah, well, the thing is, is he wants to kick them all out. He wants to deport them. And like, oh, he I completely want any immigration.
1: Yeah, I completely yeah. disagree with that sentiment as well. I do think immigration, and I this is what I said when I was uh, reviewing this. I was like. I completely think we need to have stronger borders. I completely agree, think that we have need a stronger system in terms of preventing people from coming in the country illegally. However, after really thinking about it, now I came to the stance, it's to, to p- certain people, especially who've been living here for a certain amount of time, I think it's kind of ridiculous to just kick them out the country. I don't think that that is that is a smart solution. Plus it, there's a little give and take you got to give because some of the the dems are going to go like okay, stronger borders but kicking people out of the country is not something we believe in.
2: Oh, so, no, I agree. I agree about that. Yeah.
1: So in the in the situation where if if I hold that stance, then one I don't think he could just kick the families out. But two, even even if um some of them are staying to get their citizenship. The people, the kids that are born here in America should already be mm-hmm. citizens. So mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing um, regarding mm-hmm. that. Because even, um, but I don't know how many situations, the, the situation you're brought in, if we give the aspect, okay, you're born, but we're kicking your family out. At that point, like, it's not in in those, like, situations. Yeah, it's a little bit more gray because they're getting sent out the country anyway. So what's the point of giving them citizenship? Yeah. But that's not the situation I'm looking at. And the example he brought up was was the example of a diplomat, which I thought was a horrible example because most immigrants are not diplomats in the first place. So comparing a diplomat's kids to an immigrant's kids is completely disingenuous
2: yeah no that you can make a case for that absolutely but what he's i mean you have to look at a couple things i think as long as i think i'm understanding it correctly and that he specifically said he would get rid of natural birth citizenship for illegal immigrants right, if, right. if you come into the country illegally then why should we give you any of the benefits of a, an immigrant who comes in legally why should we treat you any better than a criminal that, I think that's his argument, especially if he's going to enforce much stricter deportation policies. However, this is, I think, an example of people of a very, you know, fair argument that you can levy against Vivek is he says that. But how on earth is he going to get that done? right how is he going right. to actually get that done so he can Then this is the thing i think ben shapiro pointed this out not particularly about this particular debate but just in general anymore most people take if you say something with enough conviction they don't really care if you actually get it done anymore is they they register it as if it's oh well it's going to happen because he said so and if it doesn't happen you know, you could just once again bring that rhetoric back up, say, oh, well, we're going to get it done. Like True. if you're Donald yes. Trump, you, if, you're, if you're like Donald Trump, then you say, oh, the Democrats, they wouldn't let me do it. I tried to, but they couldn't, <laughs> All right. couldn't do it. Yeah. But and so they're like, oh, well, at least he wanted to. At least he wanted to do it. So, I mean, we'll give him credit for that. Right. And so I think that's kind of what Vivek is leaning on is he's he's sensing this, you know, and, and most Americans do want less immigration if you pull them using you know good verbiage so that your questions are clear and concise and not confusing and murky most Americans want significantly less immigration than we currently have so he's hitting on a note that that will resonate with people especially the people of his base but whether or not he's really going to get it done is real really in contestation contestation and in dispute so
1: yeah um yeah, it was a it was a crazy thing, and Tim Scott agreed to it too, which is also crazy for me. So, um, but with that said, I think overall Vivic uh, performed pretty well. He definitely got you know cooked a little bit. Nikki Haley was when she said everything that comes out of your mouth is idiotic. That kind of made me laugh, not to lie. Even though I was like, "Hey, Vivic's not doing that bad." Um, it's no, that's one any... of the
2: things that I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I mean, I I I, I can see where you're coming from. But for the most part, he is pretty smart. But anytime he talks about international politics, I just like, what are you talking about? And that's that's my biggest thing. I think he because his whole idea that Russia, if we you know leave Russia alone, if we don't leave Russia alone, they're gonna go to China, is is like I don't know what he's talking about. I don't I don't even understand. Well,
2: honestly. you know, I I I can understand why people would be upset with his his policies about that. But here's the thing, though. I am no expert in geopolitical politics. I don't think Nikki Haley is an expert in geopolitical politics. I don't think any of those people know what they're talking about in geopolitical Wait, how politics. do
1: you know Nikki Haley's not an expert?
2: I make an assumption, to be fair. But I don't think she is any more intelligent about the subject than is any of the other candidates, is what I'm saying. Because... All the presidents, none of them are experts on geopolitical politics. They all have advisors, and the advisors advise them on how to make those kind of decisions, and they usually weigh the decision of the advisors. And this is something I give Avake a lot of credit for, because he is very explicitly clear, and he has been since the beginning of his campaign, that this is going to be, if he's president, this is going to be a team effort, and he's going to pick the best advisors that he deems to be the best advisors in any given field. And that's how he's going to make his decisions. So the fact that any one of them, and you know, maybe, maybe Nikki Haley is an expert on geopolitical politics. I doubt it. I'll be clear. I don't think that's true. I could be wrong though. I could be wrong. But so the fact that they just, accuse him for that. The only reason they can do that is because they're leaning on their base and then like someone like Nikki Haley, she knows what her base of Republicans wants to hear. And so she leans on that to levy attacks, knowing that her side will back her up. And no, Vivek, I, just think I think vi- is just shooting from the hips.
1: I just think Vivek doesn't know what he's talking about.
2: Because like every time he, I think he, Vivek
1: Because even when he mentioned you know the America giving money to Ukraine, he didn't know what he's talking about. He had to get credit regarding that. When he talks about um, the Tim Scott corrected him regarding the loan situation cuz they said okay and then Yeah, but Vivek we're not said,
2: getting that money back though. We're getting it from the UN. Right. Tim Scott said Yeah, but we're not getting, from getting that. and now we're not getting it from the Ukraine.
1: No, Yeah, Vivek's... but we're, I, what
2: I'm saying, what we're saying is I don't care that Tim Scott said that what it was a loan. We're not getting that money back.
1: That an might, assumption. It might be That's an assumption. It might be it, it might be, it might be
2: quantified as a loan, but we ain't getting that money back.
1: We'll see. I'm not going to make uh, a strong claim like that until we see what happens regarding the Ukraine-Russia situation. But Vivek's assumption is that we gave them, we just gave the money to Ukraine. So that was his assumption, but you, which wasn't true. Which,
2: yeah, effectively we did, though. Like like I said. In reality, like, we didn't, like, though. It's like, okay, I okay, but okay, so here's something. You're, like, you're giving you a got... little
1: too much leeway to Vivek, honestly, by things he said. Because he said literally, unless he, if he would have said... We gave him a loan, but we're not really. Get, if he said what you said, then I'll be with you. But that's not what he said. He just thought we were just giving money to Ukraine, which isn't true.
2: I mean, we don't really know what he thought, though. And I know we it went by, like by what dispending. he said. We, we, I'm just going by what I he know. said. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We'll
1: I, that. I I get it, man. You know, Vivek's the new guy on the block. I get it. Like I said, I did like some of the things that uh, Vivek did say up there. Yeah. Um, well, you about to say here's, something?
2: Here's the thing, though. We all know that none of those people are going to be the nominee. So there's also that.
1: Yeah, this is definitely setting them up for future elections. And um, VP, Senate, uh, seats. Senate seats, Vice President. I Like, I think a lot of us was like, hey, yeah, he's uh going to choose Vivek because Vivek's the only one who likes him. And Vivek is popular, too. So, he, you know, give it to him. Um, but someone did say something interesting when I was streaming. What if Nikki Haley became the VP? And I was like, she doesn't like him, but I can see her doing it because it's a smart move for her. And yeah, you know
2: who else didn't like her president? Kamala. Kamala Harris. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, she that's why like I'm like. Accused him of rape. <laughs> so, yes. And then it's like, all right, let's do it. Whereas.
1: She would be a horrible. Ugh. Never Kamala. Never, never Kamala. But that's what I'm, I was thinking. Like, if Trump is smart, I say you get Nikki because I still think Nikki's the best person to go up against Biden. And I stand by that. Um, but with that said, let's talk about DeSantis and Nikki real quick. Uh, the top two performers um, from the mm-hmm. candidacy, I would say DeSantis, way better performance than the first one. Oh, much, way better, better. much better. Um and he said a lot of things some things I didn't agree with some things I was like oh yeah smart I could see why republicans are going to like this of course uh so what do you think about DeSantis
2: I thought he did great I thought um his one accusation that he did not the first time he he like cuz like when they everybody started everybody had to say something about Trump but I thought uh the second time which was near the end um I right. don't remember the particulars but I do remember He gave um, a great um, attack and he hit all the corners. You know, he got he hit his base. He threw an attack at Trump and then brought it back around to Biden. Uh, And that particular answer was uh, one of his best moments. Best answer. I want to say, what was it about? It's funny that I thought I remember it being great, but I don't remember any of the particulars. So I guess I'll just leave it at that. But I just remember it being one of the best answers of the night.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't really remember. I I would say his best thing that he said that obviously stood out, which was like I feel like it was a general statement, but because the Santas was the most vocal and the most willing to like say something, which was smart on him, is when the um moderators try to do some total drama island stuff at oh, the end yeah. of the the debate panel with the boards. And everything's like, who, you want to kick off the island? I was like, I can't yeah. believe they're doing this. And the DeSantis was yeah. smart enough, you know, bold enough to say, no, we're all, we're not, we're not doing this. None of us are doing yeah. this. We're not going to do yeah. this. And I was but like. Chris
2: Christie already had his answer written down.
1: It, he, There's no like, way he had Trump on that board. He lied. He had someone else's name on that board. Guaranteed. Maybe.
2: I don't know. I think, but, so I'm going to bring it back to what we were both just saying. Do you remember, like, roughly the answer that I'm talking about?
1: Um, what, do you know what the question it connected to?
2: I wanted to say it was something about the economy or, I remember what it was. It was, once again, it was the pro-life thing. Um, when they, yeah, 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 that's what it was. Um, It was when they were asked about abortion and all of that, and he levied an attack at the fact that Donald Trump was blaming pro-life advocates for um, some of the issues that have been going on and, you know, states losing uh, pro-life things. And he tried to, even though he could point back and say that he got Roe v. Wade overturned, he said that it was a horrible thing what Ron DeSantis did in Florida, passing the abortion ban that he did. And... And he brought it back and tied it into, you know, Trump blaming pro-life advocates for, you know, bad poll numbers, the fact that Republicans might not win in certain states because pro-lifers are too extreme. Right. And and even though he's the one that got. You know, where we would have turned all that. So he levied that attack of Donald Trump and then brought it back expertly to what the Democrats want to do with, you know, late term abortions, even up to birth. Some of them like, you know, and uh, bills that have been going through uh, California and even proposed bills in the Senate. Um, and so he did that kind of trifecta attack pointed to what he did. And it was a beautiful it was a very good answer. It was a very good answer.
1: Yeah, that's one of those things that I saw that a lot of uh, pro-life Republicans would like that answer. Um, And I was like, okay, I'll give you credit. It's like, I could definitely understand. That was a good answer for sure. I don't really think he had any bad answer from everything. He actually answered the questions this time. He was addressing them based off his point of view. The only thing that I could levy criticism was when Nikki Haley came at him when they were talking about uh, energy and they were talking about, you know, the America being a stronger energy exporter, of course. And one thing that she said about him is that you were against uh, you're not totally bought in. you were against fracking. You're against offshore drilling. And he said, oh, that's a lie. So I was like, I'm going to have to look it up. And I looked it up and he was against both of those things. So he lied mm-hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah, the that's one of the
2: things I heard, but I had no idea um, if that was true or not. So, yeah,
1: yeah, he he is against fracking. And did he he,
2: actually shut down all the stuff, though, or was he just running as anti fracking?
1: I'm not really sure. The the one thing that I saw is that he went to the energy board specifically to go against fracking. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it could have been something that's related to potentially a state election or it could be his personal. Yeah. You know, yeah. And yeah, no, no.
2: Sure. And uh, and this is also one of the things it's like politicians change their minds as the wind blows. So I think well, you got to admit it, that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Don't no, for sure. I do, yeah. I think you should have said, you know what? At one point I was like, this is my issue with a lot of them is, you know, they might have changed their minds or just done what's politically expedient. But then you just be up front about it, man. Just say like, you know what? You're right. Nikki, at one point I was anti-fracking, but, you know, now I'm not. Maybe he still is anti-fracking, in which case. He shouldn't have said that that's a lie. Um, I thought uh, I thought it was good, although a little bit vain when Nikki threw at him. You know, you say a lot about day one, but look, got for day two, I was like, that was pretty good. That was a good one. Um I will I say this- I did
1: fact check Nikki Haley as well. When Tim Scott um came at her with his rebuttal, saying that she raised gas prices by 10 cents. I know 10 cents. But she did say this. And she said she didn't do this. So I looked that up. It's like, let's see if it's true. I have to be fair to everybody. I have to figure out. So basically, and this was her answer. And after I I looked it up, this was what she did. So she was against raising gas prices. And in order for her to decrease the state law tax or the state tax, she increased the gas price by 10 cents. So by lowering the state tax, she gave some give and take and increased it by $0.10, cents, which is what she said she did in this situation. So I'm like, well, she was telling the truth, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, with that said, like I said, Ron DeSantis, I think he did very well. He had some things that obviously, as a yeah. moderate perspective, I don't agree with, but I understand these are good points, objectively, for uh, the Republican base. So uh, yeah, nothing,
2: nothing yeah. else to really say I about that. Think- I think one of the things, and this is what I was going to say when I was bringing it back before I actually remembered, is a lot of his answers, they're like, oh, those are good answers. What were they about? Uh, I don't really remember. And that's like the story of his campaign. It's like, oh, he gives really good answers, but I don't remember anything about him. Like, he's like, he's literally just a living embodiment of good policy. It's like, you know, he seems to have a lot of good policy. A lot of his policies have been really working well in Florida. He seems to be really effective. But what does he talk about? I don't remember. Because, like, at least what you can say about Vivek is maybe his answers are the best. But damn if you don't know what he's talking about because he says some crazy crap about it. And, and yeah. so you always remember what he's talking about. And so and that's two completely different strategies. And, you know, Vivek's been rocketing up in the polls. And DeSantis has kind of just been blithering at the same percentage the whole time.
1: True, true. Um, last person, of course, is Nikki Haley. Um, I personally thought that Nikki Haley performed the best. Um, after seeing, like, what people's opinions are, the, the only opinion against Nikki Haley that I saw that was negative was she was a bully. And I laughed when I saw that see people saying that she was a bully when they support Donald Trump. I laughed. So with that said, said, um, I think Nikki Haley was much more aggressive this time as she's playing the politics game where she's like, okay, let me show you how disqualified these people are. She definitely, she schooled Tim Scott. Um, She's the only person I think can actually go one-to-one against Vivek. I don't think Vivek could go one-to-one against her. I think he kills everybody else though. And that's what I think. And then uh, she said the thing about the. Well, if she's
2: going one to one with Vivek, then Vivek is also going one to one with her. Otherwise, it'd be two to one, or like one and a half to one.
1: Well, if they, if they went up against each other, it would, I would, I would uh, have Nikki destroying Vivek. Um,
2: well, the reason you know, I don't entirely disagree, and this is the reason why I wouldn't entirely disagree is because the one strongest accusation against Vivek is he has no policy no record to stand on at least nikki haley who seems to be a good rhetorician can at least point back like well at least i did something what did you do vivek and you know he can point back to his businesses but but that's about it and his businesses are obviously very successful
1: um i will say this that with that said the only reason why i have nikki haley is because she can address points that i believe And to be fair, I have, like, a more moderate perspective. I kind of think very differently than anybody on the left and right. I think her point is, you know, fying for solutions. Like, her point is not just to push a narrative. She's like, this is things that I'll actually do. This is how it'll work. This is what's going to go on. Um, So that's why I give Nikki Haley credit. And that's why I think Vivek, Vivek, if he went up against anybody else, he would win. Even against DeSantis, he would win because he can make them go with his flow. Like easily based off his rhetoric, he can make them go with his flow, which against Nikki Haley, every time him and Nikki Haley start talking to each other, he I think he blusters every single time. Um, So that's that's where that's where I'm coming from. But with that said, uh, the the biggest thing that um I think Nikki Haley did, obviously coming at a lot of people really trying to show how disqualified they are. Vivek, she went against Trump with China stuff in terms of his relationship with China. Um, the only thing I disagreed with Nick and Nikki, and I disagreed with all Republicans is I don't think making a federal policy regarding school choice is good for public education at all. I think if we make a federal policy where school choice is okay for everybody, I think that would ruin public education. And I think it would get very suspect for the, for the poor communities to choose proper schools. So that is my opinion. The The reading stuff, like, I, I'm, you know, good on that. I, she said stuff regarding uh, we should put some of those money back into, like, vocational training for these kids as well. Some things, making parents more available. Like, a lot of us can agree with that, of course. Um, and she said a few other things. Um, we don't need to go over yeah. that right now. But, yeah, what was your opinion about Haley?
2: I thought she did fantastic in the first half. And the second half, I thought she fell into the same vice that Tim Scott did and just being a little bit desperate and pestery and, and and, and, and you know, aggressive, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I think compared to how she presented herself the last way, her and Vivek kind of traded places, right? Like, because in the last one, she presented herself as the adult in the room. And this half, she was going after everybody. And so, you know, she levied the attack on Vivek about, well, where were you last, last debate trying to be all buddy, buddy? And he could have done the same thing back to her. Like, well, last time you were acting as the adult, but now you're acting as the antagonist, which is, like I said, it's like, fine, if you're changing your political, if you, if you're changing your strategy, that's totally fine. And, you know, I think you're right. She did own a couple of people. Um, I thought some of her attacks were frivolous. I thought some of them landed well. Um and overall, I thought she did better, but I'm not sure if she helped herself a whole lot, just because a lot of people just thought the same kind of thing that I did. Is you know, last time you're presenting yourself as the adult, this time you're presenting yourself as the antagonist, and I don't like you as the antagonist. I like you as the adult.
1: Yeah, I I personally think and I'm gonna be completely honest. I don't I don't see it that way. And one, mm-hmm. she was professional at first. But she didn't present herself. She wasn't trying to be friends with everybody. She was just being professional. This time around, she definitely started playing the politics game a little bit more by proving herself as a more qualified candidate. And the only time she went after Tim Scott is when they put a question up against Tim Scott. They was like, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. comparing me and Tim Scott. Tim Scott, I wanted you there, but you didn't do anything. She was just telling the truth. Only, the only reason why she went against DeSantis is because he lied about his, you know, vouching for, you know, energy and uh, being a big advocate for it. So she just told the truth in regard to that situation. Donald Trump, everybody attacked Donald Trump. So everybody everybody yeah. went at him. So that's fair game for everybody. And Vivek kind of similarly where everybody was attacking Vivek as well. Um, it seems like she actually doesn't just doesn't like Vivek too. So I'll give you that. She just Correct. doesn't like Vivek. Um uh, So that's that's something I guess the only time where she was going a little, you know, she was touching upon it a little too much is when they started bringing up the social media stuff, which I thought, you know, and China stuff. The China social media stuff is like making it very putting Vivek in a very weird place right now, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: I thought I yeah, that you brought that up. I thought she was. She was completely not listening to what Vivek said because she was trying to get him like she tried to call him like a china lover and all these things and which i just well, think is a lot erroneous. of them
1: think he's a china lover because he did business with china
2: yeah yeah okay great whatever but when she tried to levy his attacks at the on the on the social media stuff he was very precise in what he said and you know you know who else is young like 24 year olds like 18 year olds are young He's catering to the young people. He's getting on the apps and, and, and yeah, to reach them because unfortunately that's what you have to do to reach young people. You can say all you want if you want to be ineffective that, oh, well, I'm not going to use TikTok because I want to be, you know, because I don't want to be with TikTok. You know, I don't particularly like TikTok. I don't spend time on TikTok, but I post my clips on TikTok too, because there's a lot of people and I want to reach those people and I need to reach those people if I'm running a political campaign. So the fact that she's standing on hall, ho- like hallowed sacred ground because she doesn't like TikTok, it's like whatever, lady.
1: Well, the problem is that Vivek made a whole spiel about banning TikTok for teens, right? So he the started, yes. he started the claim, but at the same time, he's using this this platform that a lot of the rhetoric on the panel is anti-China. We don't want to work with China. Even Vivek goes like, the number one enemy in America is China. But he does mm-hmm. business dealings with China, and he uses TikTok, which is, you know, a lot of Republicans think that they're getting a lot of our information. Not only that, yeah. the video he did, he did it with Jake Paul. And Jake Paul has a lot of kid fans, a lot of teen fans. So he's exclusively getting a lot of interaction because he knew Jake Paul's fans, who they are. And by yeah. working with him, he knew he was going to get their views as well.
2: Correct. Yeah. And that's that's the bear of the issue, that people don't want to, like, take time to think through. It's like well firstly it's not banned yet. Secondly, two things can be true at once. The fact and it's kind of like a rock on a hard place. Like you know they are using it, I need access to them. So I'm going to get access to them. However, firstly, who cares cuz teens don't vote, right? You got to be at least 18 to vote. And you know 18 year olds are teens, but I'm pretty sure you set up to 16 young adults or he said like young kids up to 16 and they can't vote anyways but yeah you can take away that for them that's fine because the audience he's trying to reach is 18 year olds and above and you can say that you know you don't think that tiktok should be allowed but right now it is allowed and if you cut that portion of your voter block off you're just cutting that portion of your voter block off Why am I not going to try to appeal to them if you can not or if you yeah, if you can, why would you not? This is why he's one of the most dynamic um, candidates right now, because he's trying all the things and he's going all the places and he's doing all the shows and doing all the talks and interacting with all the people.
1: At the end of the day, it just sounds like Vivek and what he's saying is very hollow when he does things like this especially when you're supposed to stand on this moral high ground and adhere to your character and to your traits that we believe that you are abiding by because he he makes it sound like he's a very good guy he follows god if he believes in what he's saying but at the same time you're doing things that's completely you know in theory against what you're talking about so i mean i get the concept of you know doing what what is necessary and I I don't know Vivek's intention, so I can't even give him the, the benefit of grace because he could have an attention to the fact that in future elections, those 16-year-olds that are going to see him on TikTok are going to vote for him when they're 18, So especially yeah. when he wants to become a candidate in the future. So his intentions mm-hmm. could be as hypocritical as it looks like from the outside, or his intentions could be... Could be not as it was like I'm purely trying. I'm not even maybe I made a mistake thinking that teams were going to see it, but I'm purely trying to look at young adults. I don't really know. Yeah, so, I don't
2: I don't disagree with that at all, I think. And that's what I said. Like, you know, he's obviously a very smart guy, but unfortunately he comes like because here's the thing, right? Donald Trump is also an extremely intelligent man, right? right? He has started many, 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 many multi-billion dollar businesses, but he doesn't like you wouldn't think he doesn't seem like he's a smarmy political machine and vivek is a political machine and animal and unfortunately he seems like one too and that's not doing him any favors so i i agree he seems hollow because he keeps changing so often and then tries to deny the fact that he's been changing his opinions
1: yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, he did perform better. The next panel should be the most interesting um, so yep. far because obviously we're going to have DeSantis, Vivek, and Nikki there, all three of them, and it should give them the prime amount of opportunity to really flush out their opinions, see who's who's ready for the big stage versus not. I mean, we all know Donald Trump unless something happens is going to be the prime candidate. But at the very least, this can 100% set all of them up as to either be the vice president to get another... Has to get Nikki, a Nikki... never talked about being vice president, but it would just that's be what I.
2: That's what I was going to ask. I, I don't disagree that that would make a... That would be a good thing because she is running as the moderate, right? She is running as the moderate Republican because both DeSantis... And Vivek are running on the the Trump lane, um and Nikki is effectively running as the most viable moderate candidate. So if Trump were to pick her, that would make a great wide spread appeal. I know DeSantis has already said that he will not accept an offer to be VP. I don't know surprised. that. Yeah, me neither. I don't know that Vivek has either, um,
1: but like I wouldn't be surprised obviously Vivek, and honestly.
2: obviously, yeah, no, obviously I think he's running either for that or the Senate seat that's going to be there's a uh that's coming up in Ohio soon. Um, oh, is he a yeah, Ohio think, resident? Yeah, he lives in Columbus.
1: I had no idea, but all right, let's move on. It's my bad. We took too much time talking about this conversation topic. And we only got a half an hour left and we got to talk about the main topic, which I feel like we should (laughs) be able to cover in half an hour um, because it's very much related to the conversation in terms of elections and voting types of voting. So there's a lot of types of voting out there. And obviously the current system we're using, a lot of people think is very inefficient. Jonathan, did you, did you vote recently at all? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, we had a, we
2: had an election all the, we had an election just back in August
1: can you describe for the people the the quickly the process you had to do in terms of the voting so like how did the voting yep. work i'm specifically talking about okay. the ballot yep. and how that how you choosing how that works how, how would you yeah, explain so, it to people yeah
2: so yeah so right now what happens is you walk in uh depending on where you go there's a line there wasn't a line typically uh you bring out you show them your id and uh they put you in their computer system and they they find your spot. They give you a card and then you go over to this machine and it looks like a giant iPad and it's got walls and you stick your card in there. And, you know, it, it's. I'll be honest, like when I voted the first time to that, it seemed sketchy because like I put it in and it said error, error, and I pulled it out and I put it back in, it said error, error. And then I did it a third time and then it like went through and it's like, Is there still an error? Like what's going on? But anyways, you have your list in front of you and then you push, um, you select your candidates, you select whatever issue, you know, if you're voting on a referendum or not or whatever. uh, And it goes through and then it prints it off and you can see it printing right next to you in this little box. Um, So it prints off like on receipt paper and then you press cast ballot and then it drops it down and into this big box. Um, and to, yeah, so that, that's how, that's how the process goes. And then you take your card and you hand it back to the guy and presumably they swipe, wipe the card and reuse it.
1: And just to be clear, you just choose one candidate, right? When you're voting.
2: Well, correct. Right. So it, it depends on what kind of election you're there for. Right. right so that's... in last Aug, yeah. So yeah, in August, there were, there were no candidates. It was on a referendum for a bill. Okay. Um. And then sometime yeah. And so like so in the twenty twenty two election, the 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 midterms, you know, you have the name, so it's if because we're voting for senator JD Vance or I forget who the other guy, and so it gives their name and then R and then other candidate D, and you go through. And so in Ohio, typically we'll set it up so that you vote if, if there's a candidate, then they'll also um, do any legislation that they're that you're voting on at the same right. time, so you go through and so we voted for judges, and then in November, we voted for judges and there was a couple of uh legislations that you voted on as well.
1: okay, so the reason why I they had take it dis- to
2: different pages
1: The reason why I had him describe the process is because the current system, um which I believe is called plurality voting, is for the most part you know you're choosing your candidate moving on after that and a lot of people have issues regarding that because it doesn't really give you um a true outlook of your opinions on the candidates as a whole it doesn't give a a full picture on the the best candidate that has be chosen and the biggest criticism people are having is a lot of times people are voting out of the concept of voting for the lesser evil whereas like I don't like anybody. I'm going to vote for the person I hate the least, right? So a lot of these are just not the most genuine ways to truly make a vote for your personal preferences of the candidates that exist. And after seeing some like options of that, um, certain organizations are trying to push in different States and, you know, depending on how popular it can be, it can eventually become a federal thing. We'll see but here are some different options of different types of voting and we'll go by we'll go through them one by one of course so the first one is called approval voting so what approval voting is is you have your list of candidates and let's say you have uh you know five candidates that exist the difference between the current system and this system is you can check mark all the people you approve of. So basically you're like, okay, I approve of this candidate. I don't mind him becoming president, senator, or whatever. So you could do this with multiple people. So it's not forcing you to pick one individual. You choose a multitude of people that you approve of. If you don't approve them, just leave it blank. And then you send it in. And the, the winner is the one who has the most support. Very simple. They just add up who has the most approval they're the ones who get uh, selected. So that's the first one, approval rated, the, the the simplest option. And this is a popular option to, you know, for, for that people, uh, organizations are pushing because it's the simplest to understand and simplest to implement. But there are other ones that are a little bit more concrete, and complicated, but are much more dynamic in terms of what it provides. So what do you, what do you think about uh, approval voting, John?
2: You know, I think that... Um... That could work, but it would have large ramifications on how the primary system works, right? Because we only have one Republican candidate. So you'd essentially have to get rid of primaries or allow, you know, several primary winners. That would be that'd be the issue that I see. Unless this is talking specifically, you do this sort of thing specifically for the primaries, right? That's how you decide your primary candidate. I think that would be effective. Right. But in a general election right it's just one v1
1: correct so so yeah it's uh definitely more uh important for for um figuring out your primary but it you could technically have it pretty valuable for general as well yeah because i especially it gives the third party value which is very mm-hmm. important and gives third parties value yes. and even someone's like hey, man, I like all three. Regardless, you're going to have a number of someone has the most. Approved. If somebody
2: if. OK, I'm going to say this. It's a take a push. If somebody <laughs> likes all three of them, then they have no political vision and they obviously are paying attention to politics and they're going by a haircut is what they're doing. So, uh... yeah, because if you like if you're like eh, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., they're all the same. I can go for any one of them. That dude is high. Ninety percent of the time and is it paying attention to anything
1: I mean you might be right oh shout also we should have said um <laughs> robert f kennedy is running as a third party new news if you did not know
2: i uh, i wasn't i was going to bring something up but i wasn't sure if he wanted to wait until it if it was official cuz right now that is just speculation cuz he hasn't oh, officially it? given the announcement yeah so it's like we have it on good authority that that's what he's planning on doing But we really are just kind of assuming, because I think he's giving a speech next week somewhere at one of his big rallies, and that's when he's going to make this announcement. Everybody is speculating, I think, with some level of accuracy, that he is going to announce he's running as an independent. But honestly, I think that he probably is. But I could see him maybe, I have it just, wouldn't it be wild? If he ran as a Republican. Like, wouldn't that be wild? Because it would. That would because he would be higher, he'd be pulling higher than any of the other Republican candidates other than Donald Trump. He would immediately go into the number number two spot.
1: And he could take some of the uh, Democrat votes too.
2: He would pull a huge number of Democrats and a huge number of moderates. If his goal is to legitimately beat Biden He could really potentially do it because if you think about it this way, if he goes as independent, he probably splits the Democrat vote, maybe not in half, but a huge chunk. But he doesn't take a whole lot away from the Republicans. He takes some. I think he'd take some, but not a whole lot, tilting the election to the Republicans. But if his goal was to genuinely win, if he ran independent or if he ran as Republican, he would take all of the independent votes, some of the Democratic vote, not maybe not all, because some might just have an aversion to voting Republican for any reason, but they would take a vast number of the independents, a, a good chunk of the Democrats, and a good chunk of the Republicans. Because I mean, there's some people that will just vote Democrat no matter what. And there's some people that will vote Republican no matter what. But there's a good chunk of each section that would vote Republican if they were voting for Robert F. Kennedy.
1: No, I, I agree. It would be very interesting. Um, But with that said, that's why approval voting would make that a lot more interesting because you can pick yeah. both Kennedy and Biden in the same ballot. With that said, we'll move on to the next one. It's called score voting. So score voting basically gives each candidate a score from zero to five and the scores are added or averaged. But add it up make it simple and the candidate with the highest total is elected so basically how you can see is once you get a ballot you have biden's name you have rfk's name you get to pick okay how much do i really like them biden four rfk three and that's how it works basically you get to score the candidate based on how much you like them obviously you can give you know someone a zero if you just don't like them at all But this is another type of uh, voting system that can give you the ability to give a little more concrete look on how people view the candidates and how people uh, who people think are doing better versus worse job. It's a lot more detailed because it's a score versus just a approval. So,
2: you know, I what do you think? I I don't like that Uh, because we already have approval ratings. Biden's approval ratings are going low, 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 Um so we already we effectively already have that. It's after they're elected and have approval. I think people pretty much already know how anybody feels about a candidate before. So I don't know why we would want to incorporate that into the election system. Uh and just looking at it, I think Paul would agree with me on this. Maybe he wouldn't. But you know, politics is kind of a zero-sum game. And if we allow that kind of thing to happen. Both of the major big two big parties are giving up so much of power by say by giving that kind of option, because, you know, somebody's like if they had the option of yes or no, Biden, Trump, they choose Trump. But Trump might lose if it's like, oh, well, three or two. And like and so they could give him a lower option that would cede so much authority and so much power away from the two big parties. And so if you're looking at it as the fact that I'm a Republican and I want Republicans to continue to win because they have a better political vision for the future, why would I allow that to happen? It's putting unnecessary risk and I think unnecessary complication into the electoral systems, which we already know are a little bit sketch.
1: Um, I, I disagree with a lot of that, but we're going to go through all of them and kind of discuss it a little bit more later. Um, with that said, the next one is ranked choice voting. So different from score voting, how how this one works is all the candidates are there on the panel, are on the ballot, and you rank them from best to worst. So you would have Donald Trump number one if you wanted to, and you can have Nikki Haley number five, and then everybody else in between. Now keep in mind, you can't put some people in the same rank, you can't leave anything blank, or your uh, your ballot is null and void, and it doesn't count. You have to rank everybody with one through five based on, you know, the the individuals there. And um, the major the candidate who has the most first place votes, they only pass if they have the majority of the votes. If they do not, they will eliminate the last place and do it again until they can find that candidate with the first place votes with the majority. So that is I think that would be voting.
2: I think that would be excellent for a primary. I think that would be excellent for a primary. I like that. It, make, it, has a good, it has a good resolution at the end. You know, if, if you can't come to terms, last place gets, ex, uh, gets removed, and then you do it again. I like that, actually.
1: All right. So those are some choices. Two more I have here. And these two are from, like, the voting experts are the two best solutions by far is what they say. So first one is called star voting. So basically, this is a combination of score voting and rank choice voting to an extent, to an extent, but mostly score mm-hmm. score voting. So basically, very similarly, um, the goal is to figure out the two best finalists on the ballot that you're using. So you're scoring mm-hmm. them very similarly, zero through five, and the two best finalists followed after they're um d- selected there's an automatic runoff in which the finalist who's preferred most wins the ballot. So basically once they figure out who the two finalists are, they can re go through all the ballots that was chosen, figure out from those two ballots, who scores best through everybody else's votes based on what they are saying. And after they do that, the winner is the one who's preferred the most overall. So it's a two part process First, figuring out the two finalists, and then second, who's the best out of these two based on the votes. So that is star voting. A lot more uh, intricate, but a lot more thorough. Some people say.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. All right. Fair, enough. Fair uh, enough. It 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 just seems it. I think the more intricate the the voting system is, the the worse it is um i think this is my opinion this is my i'll say i'll say it because i could say it. this is my professional opinion we should go back to like the third grade style of voting for movies and class but you have your list of options these are your options write the name on the piece of paper put the piece of paper in the empty box and then we count the names and that's who wins
1: um, yeah, no, 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 uh, but with that said, let's talk about the final one. It's called Ranked Robin. Like I said, these are the two most popular. This is the other ranked version that's uh, the most popular. So, basically, how this works is very similarly, you rank the candidates one through five, uh, equal ranks are now allowed. So, if you want to rank two people, a three. You can now do this, and your your vote won't become uh, null and void. Candidates left blanked are ranked last, so if you want to leave someone blank, they're just automatically last. So again, your vote is not null and void, and candidates are compared in a one on one matchup. A candidate wins a matchup if they are ranked higher than their opponent by more voters. Whoever wins the most matchups is elected. So it's a lot more hmm. specific. So in terms of you know figuring out who's the best candidate, then rank choice voting, it takes away the problem that a lot of people's voting uh, ballots will go in the trash because it allows a lot more leeway to kind of be a little more more creative or not creative, but if indecisive. you indecisive or indecisive or you have a little bit more nuance where you think two candidates are on the same level, now you can re- relay your opinion properly. So Uh, This is ranked Robin. What do you think?
2: I think that's good. I think that that's okay. I wouldn't prefer it. I don't have an issue with the style of our voting, whatever you call it. I don't have a huge issue with it. I can understand some frustrations, especially people who are in those moderate lanes that a lot of times don't have a candidate that represents them. But I don't know that that's a a method of voting issue as opposed to a two-party system issue. Um, But I, I think those are good. I think those are fine. I wouldn't like be upset if one of those replaced our current system. I don't think there's an issue with our methodology of voting as opposed to the particulars of how we are voting. The system of, like. The, the electronic system of voting that we have.
1: Yeah, I, so I don't agree. Um, obviously, it's going to take away a lot of, uh, in terms of the technology aspect, it's going to be, be, need to become more efficient as time goes by and needs to be checked a lot of properly. My thing is, I think the current system of voting, after kind of like really thinking about it, is extremely inefficient and doesn't truly capture what the people want. And that's my biggest thing in this situation. And that two-party system, I agree, but I think a lot of these solutions, mostly Star and Ranked Robin, can provide that level of nuance to the point where even when we're choosing our primary for whatever party, you can be a lot more honest on your opinions. You can be Mm -hmm. true to your own moral code. You don't have to go like, okay, I know he's not going to win. I need to pick the lesser of two evils. No, you can now just pick whoever you really want to win in addition yeah. to the lesser two evils if you want to.
2: No, I agree. All of those would be spectacular, uh, spectacular for a primary. I was thinking more in the terms of a general because, like, I don't know how you would rank order on the same level a Biden and a Trump. I think for I think for a primary, any one of those would be better than what we currently do. I agree to that 100%. I was thinking more on the terms of a general election. How would that improve the process of a general election? I don't I see think how that would happen.
1: I think it sure for sure can uh help with the general election too, because obviously we know the two main people are going to be the Republican primary and the Democrat primary. But at the end of the day, this is more so and you did make a good point. It's like why would Republican Democrats care in the prime in the general? But at the end of the day, it will help the third parties as well as people. Yes, it would be a
2: benefit to the third party.
1: It'll make them much more relevant, of course, and then make uh, their impact stronger. But also the aspect of the the general that it's really helping is it's getting people's truest thoughts about the the candidate themselves. Right. So, for example, for the star voting, when you're choosing the score between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, for example, you can get the honest thoughts that people think Donald Trump is a three, or and Joe Biden is a one. So it gives a more a data-driven understanding on the voters' uh, voters' yeah. uh, decision on choosing the candidate. Which obviously more data is better to adhere adhere to the voters themselves. So I, I do think I, I like we're both in agreement. It'll be great for the primary so we can figure out who they really want as the primary candidate, but it does have value for the general election as well. Um, and potentially in the future, they could have two primaries for the Democrat and Republican if this kind of bounces off. So we have um, more suitable candidates by this system. So at the very least, from my what I'm aware of, they have an email uh, called elections at equal.vote where there's an organization that's trying to get the star voting on more areas. Uh, They try to get rank choice voting in a lot of areas. A lot of them said no to rank choice voting. The reason why is it's super difficult um, logistically to count the votes because there's a tough algorithm between figuring out the first choice votes, figuring out the value of second choice votes. Like, because once you eliminate a candidate, you have to do it again. It's a, it's a, the problem with that, which you probably would agree with, it becomes very centralized because they can't effectively check it throughout the the local level, so they have to centralize everything and count it all at the same time. So there's some two elections that they brought up that went very wrong where the wrong candidate was selected because of ranked-choice voting. Um, so the, the method of ranked-choice voting just be, became extremely ine- inefficient, which is why they suggested ranked-robin that can – alleviate all those issues and then star voting which is a score-based system that a lot of people approve of and approval voting is also something people are trying to get that way at least bare minimum simplest one easiest one to implement but now people don't have to go like okay i only could choose one candidate no i'm gonna choose all the candidates i think i approve of so all of them at value for sure mm. uh but this was interesting for me because I don't. I, I think that the, the politics game, is getting a little too much, where to the point where you have these situations where people are picking the lesser two evils. Like we had to choose between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Like in this situation, it's like I don't want to vote for any of them. Now in these situations, I I can vote for uh, who I truly want throughout the process. Yeah, but the, there is through. still
2: an issue. Of what if we still have a bunch of just crappy candidates and we just have a whole bunch of crappy candidates?
1: If we have ten crappy candidates, then America is just screwed. At that point, we're just screwed. Um, but what do you think now? Do you think we have all crappy candidates now? Don't you like DeSantis or Vivek? Don't you think I do you're... like
2: DeSantis? Um, I do like DeSantis. I I don't think I'm just that was a hypothetical. I think right. we could definitely have better candidates. Um but some of them just aren't interested in, and more in are going
1: to be incentivized to run because now they'll have an actual opportunity for people to support them instead of, yeah, us knowing exactly who's going to get voted. My my
2: issue would be I would want to know. Uh, I I don't want to start a whole conversation because I think we're we're running out of time soon. But I would just be interested to know how if we uh, apply something like this at the general level how it would incorporate with the Electoral College. Are these organizations uh, uh, opposed to the Electoral College? Are they wanting to get rid of them and implement these voting styles?
1: I'm not really sure if they are opposed or not based on what I've seen. Because I will say the general is obviously a little bit is very different because we know because of the Electoral College system, it's not truly a representative vote when it comes to the people as as a whole versus choosing your state candidate, of course. So it's a, a lot more a lot more tough. Um, I would be curious to see their thoughts on that. But at the very least, I think, well, I think so. After being into politics for this long, we all we all should recognize state elections are technically the most important. So once we fix 100%. that, we can, 100%. we can do a lot. We could do a lot. Yep. So those, uh, those are a few things that I w- wanted to point out. Um, We do have some time. So I'm going to touch upon this real quickly because I want people to know I figured out. Figured out a solution or not a solution. I figured out a logical way to differentiate a conversation we've had for a, a few times. Incest versus gay marriage. <laughs> I figured it out. I figured out a logical way to differentiate the two. It's a, it was a, it just, it was a tough process, but I figured it out because I feel like you, we, at some point it needed to be figured out. So we know the two most important prongs for this, like incest and gay versus like other, other relationships is the power dynamic. So the pedophiles, obviously no animals, obviously know, And another important prong is in relation to kids. Now, obviously, gay marriage and marriage are the exceptions to that. Gay, if you're gay, you're not going to get a kid. And if you have incest, you're not. Well, we don't want you to have a kid. So it's like, okay, how do we differentiate these two? And I figured it out. The potential damage to society. Now, this is what I mean. So when it comes to gay relationships, people generally don't just become gay based off a situation. It's like... You either are or you're not, right? Maybe someone might experiment, but that's just not a common thing. So there's no threat to society because people are either are gay or they're not. So there's no threat overall. So you can't you can't really make someone gay. The damn potential damage to incest, for me, from what I think, is regardless of like if it's normalized to kids that this relationship is okay. They're more likely to form a bond with a family member because they're around them so much. Regardless, it's a boy and a girl. And if we normalize the concept, the culture, that it's okay to fall in love with your sibling, your cousin, people you are around with constantly, you are around with consistently, and you probably connect with better than most people, no matter what girl you meet. Maybe there are some siblings that just no sibling, no marriage or anything can even compare to my relation with my sibling. That could be extremely damaging if it's normalized because more people will be inclined to get in incest relationships because there's no, there's no, there's nothing like a gay situation where you're attracted to a male. That's just uncommon, but it's still male female. And if it's, if it's okay by culture standards, then you it's possible more people will get okay with it as society is a large so that is my logic behind why incest wouldn't work versus gay couples wouldn't work because of the potential damage to society gay relationships i don't think will ever destroy society incest relationships if it's normalized i think will 100 percent destroy society so that is that is what i came up with
2: well i'm glad that you came to that conclusion that i very much disagree with but well, because he um, okay,
1: I won't go down there. I'll, I'll go down I don't, that route. Yeah,
2: yeah I disagree. I and, I will admit this I understand your logic, but I disagree on a couple of, of, of fundamental points. Um, I just disagree with the axioms, that, and everybody probably probably knows what those are. Yeah, I think Um, I know if you you don't if you don't know what my axioms are, then you should listen to my podcast, the classic life podcast. Then you will quickly figure out what those are and then you'll realize why I disagree with with Riddell. But going off of your presuppositions, that would be a logical conclusion. I'll give you that much.
1: All right. If you know, you know. If you don't know, I'm not explaining. I'm not putting Jonathan in in fire. Go listen to his podcast, and then you
2: can... No, I'll I'll say it, but I think we're running low on time. Like, I got no problem saying it, but...
1: Well, at the very least, you understand my logic. The logic makes sense. So... Now I've officially destroyed the conversation between incest and gay marriage. I have saved the gay community from being compared to incest ever, ever again. And the reason why I came up with the solution is I was watching the anti-Muslim versus Muslim Jubilee video, right? Oh, hmm And they were talking about the Quran, and they were talking about a few things, and one of the um, questions was about, uh gay marriage and what does Quran think about gay marriage. And one of the people who are Muslim who are for the Quran, the first question he asks, what is the difference between incest? That is the first question someone asks to try to take to try to tear Mm -hmm. apart why it's okay to be gay. So this is what he brought up. And I'm thinking to myself like I need to tear apart this this conversation. I need to figure out a way I can logically break apart this question so that we can understand that they are not the same thing.
2: Yeah, I think I brought up a, a similar point, but I just went the first time we had this discussion, but <clears throat> I just took it from a little bit of a different approach because I, I think I used... I don't remember exactly what I did, but I did a, a similar point about... The perpetuation, like the reason that incest is inviolable is because if it perpetuates and there's constant continual children coming from this eventually, they will also become unviable. And you couldn't support a society through the prodigy of incestuous relationships. Therefore, incest is bad if you're not taking it from a biblical moralistic approach. That's a strictly biological approach of looking at why incest would be bad but then you can make that same argument obviously for homosexuals as as they also, they, they don't make any privacy.
1: Right. But I hey, man, LGBTQ. I deserve a, a stamp. I just, you can use my argument and anytime these dudes bring up incest, just use my argument. I got you. You know, man, you might go to hell still, but I got you.
2: I got you. <laughs> His words, not mine.
1: <laughs> With that said, I do hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Of course. Um, like I, It was very valuable to get another opinion regarding the GOP debate, so I hope you guys enjoyed that, If especially if you disagree with my opinions, and I hope you guys gained a lot from the different options we've had in terms of voting. In my opinion, I think these are all way better than we, what we have now, and I would be a strong advocate for either star voting or ranked Robin, either one. That way we can have a lot more nuanced uh voting. It'd be it could be much more uh interesting. But the biggest part is voter participation. So if there's a system that you Absolutely. like, be an advocate for that. It's like I hate the way we vote now. Well, there's a lot of solutions, so there's ways to get involved and we put them in place so that way you're not restrained to these the politics game. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Participate in elections. Support the channel. Go to www.purplepoliticalbreakdown.com. Tune in every Monday and Thursday, 8 a.m. EST. Listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcast platforms. You have a good one. Take care and peace.
0: We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143, or at blindknowledge.com. Yep.